0: Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast, where we promote, educate, inspire, and entertain creators of all things related to fantasy and science fiction. Hi, this is Carson with Troy, and I have with me Gil Huff, who is a fantasy author. Gil has been so kind to get on with me this morning, and uh, Gil, would you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your two series?
1: Sure. Sure. I have been uh ready now for a long time. I'm not the most prolific of authors, but I, I love to write. I've always been a bit of a storyteller. I think in most things that I do, I've I've been telling stories and you know people ask, you know, where do you get your stories? And it's always well I've I've had like most authors probably I've I've had stories running in my head all my life. Just a matter of taking the time to put them down on paper. I have uh two uh, different series that I'm presently working on. Uh, the Order of the Lion, it's an epic fantasy series. The um, main protagonist starts as as uh, Rodriguez, the Celestial Paladin, um, who's uh, it all, starts, an old guard and uh, he gets a second lease on life and with that second chance tries to kind of live life the way he always meant to. It's, uh ends up in his, his battle. There's a lot more going on, as there usually is in these stories, because if things are simple, they're not very interesting stories. Um, and so as he um, struggles to live the life that he always meant to, ends up that the immortalist sorcerers who consume the living and magical energies of others um, and who he had been working for, the immortalists leave a lot of bodies in their wake. Um, they're working to eventually become gods by consuming the living and magical energies of other creatures. It ends up that there's, you know, something even greater behind uh, their, their, um, uh, why they're doing what they're doing. And as he, that battle grows and continues uh, others uh, end up, you know, going along and helping him with his battle. That's kind of like, so my follow-up books have Rodriguez but they also have like Dorvan, the, the Hellborn Prince, and, and Emeralda, uh, the, the Earth Dragon. And uh, so each, each story continues, kind of their joint battle, but also uh, kind of highlights them a little bit more in their own personal struggle struggles to uh, understand who they are and what's going on as that's kind of slowly revealed. So that's a lot of fun. My other series, The Throne of Hearts, is is very different. These these are actually a uh, little shorter reads. They're urban fantasy um, in a world where there are you know vampires and angels are real. And also, um, while the first series is pretty kind of uh, kind of gritty and hard, and Rodriguez has had a hard life, uh, the main protagonist of my uh, urban fantasy series is a young college student just kind of gets in over his head and things end up having and he's lighter fun, you know he thinks he's funny at least so very 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 different uh both in age experience and how he responds to to dangerous situations and uh it's lighter in tone even though it's actually bloodier and uh you know borderline horror and some of the scenes that that go on you know, as I've written these, I've actually gone back and forth. I find it, you know, as a creative, uh it's kind of nice to kind of get in different mindset um, on the two series and, and explore those. And so I, I enjoy the creative experience of, of writing, of, of getting these stories that are in my head and on paper and, and share them with others.
0: They're very two different styles too. Do you find that a palate cleanser as you're going back and forth.
1: Absolutely. It really kind of kickstarts the creativity and just the, the feel of, of, you know, somebody responding very differently to a bad situation, somebody, and just the feel, I mean, the urban fantasy, it's a modern, you know, my, uh, Jesse, the main protagonist, uh, starts off a college student at UTC, the university of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And, uh, so you get that urban, you know, modern city living out, you know, the other ones are more traditional epic fantasy swords and sorcery genre where, you know, uh, no running water, uh, living by campfires, you know, kind of all you know, classic background. And, and so going back and forth is, is absolutely a uh, palate cleanser. I read in your bio that you've been kind of all over the world. I have had a chance to travel a lot. Yeah. He had, uh, uh, i was pretty reckless as a young man <laughs> and uh so there's actually several things that happened to my protagonist that obviously minus the the fantasy settings uh i i've actually done myself uh i, I i'm somewhat lucky to have survived um uh, my my 20s um but yeah i lived in mexico for a while i lived in northern ireland i lived in northern ireland during the troubles um actually doing peace work between the Protestant and catholic communities and there was uh, a lot of violence going on. People all died. I mean, so it's, it, you know, I've, I've uh, I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I have lived, in, you know, I've traveled in countries where I didn't speak the language. And uh, I do think that kind of gives you a feel for uh, being in a foreign place if you've done some of that yourself. Obviously, you know, nowhere near on the excitement of, of my protagonist but you know there there, there is a, a bit of truth this some of the scenes of, of in my background and
0: fantastic that's what i was going to see if um you know any of the cultures and and um countries influence you and apparently
1: they have oh yeah absolutely um you know i've you know whether it's just like you know climbing around inside castles in in, in europe you know kind of giving you a feel for how castles are are laid out, or you know, I mean that's you know some of the fun things. That of course my my time in, in Europe was thirty years ago. My time in Mexico is thirty years ago at this point. And, and the aging process, and my actually it's kind of funny. You know my 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 youngest daughter has been doing a fair amount of traveling, so I you know I guess you uh, generational, but absolutely has influenced my stories and and just that mindset. Back then there was no internet. No, you know, you, you, when you traveled, it, it was, uh, there, the safety net wasn't as clear as it was today. And I mean, I traveled down in central America, you know, Guatemala during the revolution and oh wow. it, it the, the risk that you weren't sure you're were going to live through the day that there was forces going on around you. That was completely out of your control. And, and, uh, is is something i have experienced now obviously i didn't take a sword and shield and fight my way through or anything but uh uh, uh nonetheless i did have that that fear of the unknown and right what was going to happen to me that you know helps you i think connect to people in, in that kind of experience well
0: it kind of sounds like and this is a little facetious that you saw okay where is the most trouble in the world i'm going there, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a little bit of that going on i i, I, I say i uh I had too much trust, as most young people do, that's all going to work out at the end of the day. Unfortunately, that's not always true. Uh, so, it doesn't, but when you're young, you just kind of assume it's all going to work out. You know, that's the balance of, you know, living the life you want to live is a little bit risky, but it's uh, it's also very rewarding.
0: Right. And it sounds like you have a, a full-time job. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes. I am, a, I am a part-time author. I serve as executive director of the Tennessee the Tennessee Solar Energy Industry Association and also do renewable energy development with RSI. So
0: So how do you find time to write how do you balance that?
1: Right. So it's 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 a challenging balance but um and it's gotten easier as now my kids are older. It was much more of a challenge uh when my kids were younger. You know, it's just a matter of routine I think of, you know, I I actually have two separate laptops. I got my work laptop and my that I have in my son room that I usually do my writing in, or my my writing laptop, and I have my regular work laptop, and and just kind of like, all right, you know, it's 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 evening after dinner, I'm gonna sit down and and write, and I pull out my r- laptop that I use nothing for that, and 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 just try to do something every day.
0: Do you have a specific goal that you try to do, like a like you chapter a day or so many words, or
1: well, you know. It, it varies because, you know, um, I like a lot of this year, I've been more focused on the marketing and promotional efforts. than I have been on um, writing uh, both take time. And um, so it's it's more a time goal than it is, the, you know, certain words per day, just, but every day, just sit down and spend some time writing, promoting, you know i i recently got my my first book you know spanish edition so you know working with the translators and cover artists to you know do that you just have to get in the habit of doing it every day is the way i do it this is
0: fantastic because i think you are the first um writer the independent writer that i have written that or i've interviewed excuse me that um has a different translation other than english how um yeah. how difficult was that and how hard was it to find a uh, I guess competent translator.
1: Yeah, no, it was a little scary. Uh, so I, I lived in Mexico for a year, so I speak some Spanish, but I'm, I'm not fluent. Luckily for me, my wife is. Now she wasn't willing to translate it for me. That's too much work for her. <laughs> she, she has the professional translation. She has that. But what I was able to do was when I did find somebody to pay to translate. And it was a gentleman living in Venezuela that, you know, it's, um, I, I I really didn't pay as much as most people pay, but the it, it, yeah, I think uh, it was good money for him, you know, <laughs> taking advantage of third world labor. And, uh, but my wife being fluent was able to review it and go, yeah, no, this this looks good. This is good quality work. You can feel comfortable putting your name on it. And uh, so that was very helpful. You know, I understand, like, the German market is really good for selling in Europe and, you know, having a German. But I don't have anybody that I trust to read a German translation to check. I don't, you know. In Spanish, I have some Spanish. My wife is fluent. I think that helps to have somebody. The trick is, how do you know if it's good quality? Right. Just paying somebody isn't necessarily... Uh, mean that it's good quality you don't want to put out a translation that isn't so that that's the way i've done it is simply okay i I speak some spanish my wife is fluent i can confirm this is a good quality translation so
0: well i think even just finding an editor being uh indie author you have to take care of all aspects and and just finding an editor i think can be tough for some people
1: oh no absolutely and you know there's there's some folks that are good for correcting you know plot and story elements and others for grammar and and i'll have to admit over my years my you know people i've counted on have changed over the years i think it's a constant challenge unless you're incredibly successful and have a huge budget yeah um to to have a good team that you can count on and uh, it's critical right and uh, it is nothing more frustrating i think as an independent author as to um have a book sitting somewhere waiting for it to get edited. And it's, it you know, it, it's, it's messing with your timeline as you're, you know, trying to drive to get published. Mm-hmm,
0: for sure. Um, You said earlier that you have, you know, like many authors, lots of stories rattling around in your head. So what made you decide on these two st- stories?
1: You know, epic fantasy, you know, I grew up on kind of reading Coney on the Barbarian and, and Tolkien and, and you know i think epic fantasy was my my first love if you will you know good swords and sorcery battle you know just slightly sub-genre but you know and so that was uh my first real attempt and then um later in life um big fan of of things like um dressed in files and you know other urban fantasy stories you know and and part of that is this is i find my the the kind of quality urban fantasy that i enjoy is actually pretty hard to find there's a lot of like romantic elements and stuff that i'm really looking for something a little more action-packed or a little more um and um so you know if you can't find it you write it uh yeah <laughs> but i have you know some hard science fiction stories going on in my head i have some superhero genre stuff going on in my head and they of course as an independent author it's much better state a genre build an audience that likes a particular genre mm-hmm. but as a creative i have a tendency to be all over the place <laughs> <laughs> and so it is a bit of a battle to kind of like all right i know i should continue my ongoing series and give people you know who are already enjoying my books more to read but i kind of want to you know create a science fiction universe with uh it's a balance between what I should be doing and what my creative side wants to be
0: doing. That takes a lot of self control. I applaud that.
1: I'm not as good at that self control, but I do. Right. That's my battle.
0: Yeah, well, I think everybody's battle, but to be able to to resist, because I'm sure that, like the superhero and the science fiction, is very enticing.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah
0: do you plot out your stories or do you free write do you know or do you just kind of do a mixture of both
1: mostly a mixture of both now my first one the celestial paladin was pure pantser you know i i had the opening scene in mind and i just started writing and then trying to, you know it just kind of went where it went since then i i, I plot out my book now sometimes my characters go going a different direction you know i i'm still a little bit of that natural pantser you have I s- plotted out that this was going to happen. Something else might happen. Just, just, the creative process, and then I have to kind of change the plot or adapt around it. But I knew I would play within those parameters. But I'm not one of those that have every scene completely plotted out. It's more or less the the different you know character arcs, the different arcs of the books. You know what's happening. Yeah, you know, big picture stuff. And then the, the characters just take it wherever they want to take it.
0: So your first book was, uh, you said kind of a pantser, you know, kind of free, writing And you had just the opening scene. So were you like kind of concerned about like, oh man, how's this going to end? Or did it just kind of lead on its own direction?
1: You know, uh, I, I had some creative writing classes in high school and college, um, but I had not really studied the independent author, you know, process at that point. I didn't know what a pantser or a plotter was. I just started writing and, um, it was really after that first book, or at least the first edition of that book that I, you know, started going to some, you know, literary cons and started taking classes and stuff and getting a little more tools in the shed. And so, um, i didn't know any better i've I've actually when i reread it now i'm kind of like considering how i didn't know what i was doing at all i feel that book's pretty good i think it has some weaknesses frankly because you know as you learn if you if i were to do it again it'd probably be a tighter novel and have some changes to it i could name several things that i would frankly change yeah just it's just exploration and you know As I don't, I I do enjoy my main job. I don't, I kind of like doing this part-time as a creative exercise. So I'm not, I I want to be successful and I definitely promote my books and appreciate you having me on here. Uh, But I'm not, I kind of like the balance between, you know, work life and creative life.
0: So now that you've, you know, had a few years under your belt, when did your first book come out? I think I saw 2011. Is that correct? You do some good research. Yes. Twenty eleven. So that's almost 10 years ago. What have you learned since then?
1: Oh man, that's, that's a lot. Um, As a part, you know, and it's, 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 um, I like having to control everything. I've never, I, I, the first book I did put it out for traditional publishing some, but, um, besides the financial model is difficulty and time frames involved in that i really i mean i guess a little bit of my life i'm a little bit of a control freak as i like controlling my stories controlling what my book looks like you know how it gets out there and controlling being able to write the way i want to write but yeah i mean probably the, the biggest challenge for me has been figuring out the the amazon algorithm and how to uh you know which is it seems to be half magic and half science you know um i'll hit some good streaks where my books will be selling great and then it just seems like all of a sudden that it, it isn't and you know uh the marketing i think is probably the, the biggest challenge and i you know i listen to tons of podcasts and go through workshops and you know and that, that's fun. And I really enjoy every aspect of writing. I think that's a challenge. I know I'm, i I'm, luckily for me, I'm, I'm not an introvert like many writers. I don't mind, you know, going out there and, and talking to people and going to cons and selling my books. And, but there's so many aspects of being a writer. It, it, I, I, and I've learned so much in so many different ways. And it's all been fun.
0: Right. Yeah. Talking about that marketing side, How do you stay current? Because like you said, it can change. Like something that happened or something that worked six months ago won't work
1: even today. Like it's so fast and so changing. I think part of the balance is you want to be looking at how your sales are going and how your different ads are going. Um, But you don't want to do it, you know, every day necessarily because you got to let the flow go and make sure there's a trend and not just, you know, a short term slowdown. Right. No, because that can be two different things. So, but every cut you do, know, but you have to be kind of monitoring that flow, monitoring your ads. You know, paying attention to what search words are working, and you know, as your face, you know, you got Facebook ads, BookBub ads, uh, Amazon ads. Um, I mean, a big thing I'm actually doing this year is is traditionally I've always uh, published wide, you know, and and as many platforms as possible. But, you know, in the past six months, I've gone, you know, exclusive with Amazon, done the Kindle Unlimited and, you know, getting most of my profit in through page reads, which is something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that did not work at all at, at, at well at first. But then I realized, oh, I got to change my um, marketing strategy to push the Kindle Unlimited. Uh, I wasn't doing that at first. I kept my old ads going that didn't push the Kindle Unlimited um, readership. Uh-huh. And then once, once I started, I uh, switched that around, then I started having a lot more page reads because people looking for Kindle Unlimited books was suddenly finding my books and they Oh, Kindle Unlimited, I'll, I'll read this. So it is, I think it's just a matter of, of staying on top of it and constantly looking at it and trying to see the trends is, what I try to do. I'm far from the most successful author out there. So, um, but you know, I I learned, I learned a lesson, even though I've been doing this for a a while now, it's always been uh, part time. I I learn lessons every day. And you
0: said you're, you're you're extroverted and you go to cons and and reach out to people. Do you have like a group of people that you talk to and be like, Hey, this doesn't work for me. What worked for you? Is, Is networking pretty important?
1: Oh, huge. Um, cause it gives you an opportunity to learn one-on-one and in us, it's great, great creative exercise. You know, I, half my friends now on Facebook are other authors and, uh, and I love hanging out with them in person and getting a conversation with publishers. And, and so I really have, that's probably, I probably has learned as much from that in-person contact with other authors or small print publishers and other people in that kind of creative exercise there's nothing. There's nothing like hearing. You know what's working with them. Where are they advertising? How did they build their, you know, email list? You, know, you, you can. I, I do think that while you know YouTube videos are great and that kind of thing, you do need to uh, go in person. Because you know when I sell my books in my con, I do pretty good because I'm, I think I'm extroverted, so I, I often outsell some of my other authors who they, who normally sell much more online. Mm-hmm. Um, because of being a little more extroverted than many authors um, at least that's what i find but um you said they're doing much better day to day when they're not at a con um, but i seldom really pay for myself i mean there's you know you can make a tax write off and stuff for traveling and that kind of stuff so it, it will pay for stuff but straight up you know cash in cash out when you look at the hotel and the in the table and everything it it can be a challenge to still pay for yourself but why i do it? well first of all you know it's it's incredible how people remember you when you go into a con you know and so people that you know read your your they you know every time you go they buy something and they come back and they're oh i really enjoyed your book and you know that kind of stuff of course i would say well please write a review online yeah. <laughs> um, but still, that kind of you know, hearing what people like is, is, you know, in person is is really rich. But then but really, it's the networking with the other authors, especially like I usually do panels, you know, at the cons, mm-hmm. you know, you sign up to do that. And then the conversations that you have and incredibly helpful and incredibly supportive network with other authors. I know there I have a number of authors who have been very supportive, you know, you appreciate when people are much more successful than you help you. And then you try to help those who are not as successful as you. So, you know, you try to pass it on. I'm, I'm I'm, far from the most successful author at these things, but there are also many authors who are earlier in their journey. So I try to, you know, help support them as those that have supported me in the past.
0: So I've reached out to a ton of authors in the past couple of weeks. And just like you, they have very graciously... One not deleted my email, and <laughs> and two have accepted interviews. And I found that as I've talked to many of them, they say how supportive each other are. It's more, it's. I mean, yeah, you want to sell and you want to do well, but it seems like there's room at the table for everybody, and and people are are reaching out and helping people up.
1: Yeah, no, I I I uh, really enjoy the kind of author network that's out there. You know, a lot, a lot of the, you know, for me, it's science fiction, fantasy, cons that have a, a literary or author, author track are, are just gold for connecting with people. Incredible support, you know, both, you know, because they understand what you're doing and, and it's, stuff is complicated enough, you know, that uh, we're not, I can't make it the wrong word. It's different enough than most other jobs that it's hard for to talk about it and have people really understand so mm-hmm. it's yeah, no the 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 building a local author network of uh, is absolutely uh something worth investing in. It's yeah. The time and energy to go.
0: I think people that are sitting down say like I haven't had a book out yet, but I'm writing, you know. So people like me who who want to kind of do this either part-time or full-time they they got to get into okay, this is a business. It's not Uh, a frou-frou. I'm going to sit on the beach and write, and my bills are going to get paid. Like you have to put in the work. You have to, like you said, spend time marketing. You got to find a good editor, a good cover artist, especially if you're independent. And I think a lot of authors that that's like you, I like to control. And so that's kind of enticing to me instead of just sending it off to a traditional publisher and not have any control on what happens to it after that for, you know, I'm, I'm sure there is a little bit, but you know, from what I hear, most people don't get to choose kind of what the cover looks like and, and stuff like that. It's all a marketing thing. So that's kind of the business side that people have to, to realize
1: that are just starting out today. Yeah, really, I spend about half my time on the business end and half my time on the creative end. It, it is almost equal. If you write a great book and the Bonobia reads it, you know, did you write a book? you know, yeah. a tree falls in the forest. If no, if nobody hears it, did it really fall? Now, um, And so it it does take a commitment to that business size, So whether it's just editing and the cover and the layout and, but also just the marketing is just critical. Mm -hmm. For sure. Do you have any tips or tricks that you'd like to share? Probably the main trick is not to underestimate. I mean, you know, spend time and finding people to help you with that, you know, description of your book online, help, you know, have people, um, make sure you've got a good cover that represents your genre because people have to look at that thumbnail picture and, you know, if it's, see if it's something that they're going to be interested in. That visual is incredibly important. Yeah. There's, there's a thousand things, but I know I find the um, publisher rocket really helpful for helping figure out, you know, keywords and, and um, comparable uh, other authors. And um, but yeah, it's just, Listening to podcasts, I know I listen to a lot of author podcasts, but I'm, you know, on the road driving and uh, just always try to educate yourself and, and uh, as I say, you just got to play with it. Um, I have no idea why I have good streaks and bad streaks sometimes, but you just kind of have to, you know, let's say half science, half magic with the uh, Amazon algorithm, where, which is Amazon's where most sales are made today.
0: Um, but I, I think first important is, you know, you have to have a good story, right? How do you sift through, you know, you have lots of ideas in your head. How do you sift through the good ones and bad ones and be like, okay, even in the stories that you're continuing on, not, you know, not your ones that you want to do someday. How do you go through and be like, okay, this isn't how this character
1: should act. Or like, how do you, how do you sift through those good and bad ones? Right. No, uh, you, I think it is worth, I mean, you said I, I sketch out the plot of the book but I also sketch out character arcs and how they're going to change over the book, who they are. Sometimes you can say, you know, one of the things I think about Rodriguez and how he would act is this, he is Captain America. If Steve Rogers had become Captain America after World War II, and he was a veteran, he had suffered and been beat up through the regular, being a regular human through World War II. <laughs> you know, so he's not, He in some ways that means he's, he's, you know, He's had a much harder life, you know, but getting that, you know, th- this is the character, getting that feel, make sure you're, you're got a unique voice is important. So writing that down, and of course, characters have to change and how are they changing and how that's going to happen. I mean, it, it is, I'd say that's where plotting and planning just, you know, come out and make sure you've got a good story. And then you just got to beat on it. You got to revise it. You got to put it out for other people to hear, you know, what works for them or what doesn't. And, and, but it's always your story. So, hmm. you know, people tell me, Oh, I, I didn't like that. It's like, Oh, well, that's, that's gotta happen. That character, that is exactly how that character would react. Trust, you know, it's he's your character. It's your book. And uh, I, I think you got to stick with that. So there's a bit, but you do also have to hear, how other people are hearing it. And if they're here, if they're seeing or hearing something different than you thought, then, you know, address it.
0: So, um, like I said, your first book came out in 2011 mm-hmm. and then your second book came out 2015. Is that correct?
1: That's probably right.
0: Right around. There. But I know a lot of self-published authors are always like, Oh, you have to get something out six to eight weeks. Whereas you took more of like a traditional publishing route and you produce books for your Epic series anyway. Yep. Um, you know, years apart. How are you able to stay current and get those books out in front of people?
1: Yeah, no, uh, that's that's a great point. Um, and part of that was just like, was that I kind of write for myself, and but I also want to find readers. And I literally wrote my first one when my daughter was born, and I called her my football, and i tuck her in with my one arm and write one-handed. And and oh, wow. so that, that and then, then when she was in her terrible twos and threes, uh, it became impossible. Uh, and so that was part of slowdown <laughs> was just life but I mean I I know I've changed the cover on my first first book three times uh, and part of that was wanting a, a cover that better sh- uh, showed the genre and story uh, but also it's refreshing it a little bit and, you know when I had just one cover then I you know, went to a uh, an artist that said okay, I got a series here so I want the series to look you know, each cover be different but clearly part of the same story and so I, you know and um, I have you know revised all my older books several times uh you know new editing you know people people have caught and asked questions and my book I feel i i reopened it and if I go well that's a really good point um I that is a little awkward I'll go just go back and change it and you know I've got a my first book, i probably read, you know, have five or six edition now, you know, and, uh, um, and so I, I'm continuing to pound on it make it better. I, there is, of course, a secret to success is putting out books super fast. Um, many of those authors, the, the books have tends to be very similar, kind of rehashed to me. I, I, you know, I, I'm story driven. I, make a good living doing what I do. And I do enjoy my, my, you know, so I'm kind of unique is I, I'm not trying to become a full-time author. I, I like being a part-time author. And I think there, you know, so it's every author is different, but their goals. Right. Uh, my idea is, is I'd is like that hour a day of spending on the creative side or marketing side, business side and working with my books. But I, I don't have, you know, I, I'm not I have to put myself to the grill of, you know trying to be super productive because that will help my sales if i can put out a book every six weeks
0: um, right
1: i i enjoy my writing um I, you know but there are you know right if you are counting on book sales to feed yourself well then it's a job it's a different process
0: right yeah so, so sounds like for you like writing is well we talked about uh Palette cleansing before like right. writings your palette cleanser for the day
1: no, that's that's a great point right it's just something about yeah no that's very much true it's a different hat it's uh i get plenty of pressure in my day job so i i don't let my even myself put pressure on me and my writing i write because i consider myself a writer i consider myself a creative so i need to write but i do that in a pace i'd be more you know normal for a traditional author who doesn't, you know, who's putting out books every couple of years, which is what I mm-hmm. try to do.
0: Okay. Perfect. Well, um, again, I appreciate you getting on with me. Um, yeah. Tell people how they can reach you.
1: Uh, well, this is my website, uh, gillhoff.com I, I, I use my name for my, my emails, yahoo.com If you can figure out how to spell my name, which isn't that easy, G-I-L-H-O-U-G-H, uh, then you can probably find a way to contact me. My, my name is uh, unique enough that there's luckily not too many Gil Huffs out there. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Troy Podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends.